Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hi there. I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeart Media. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Here's Nikki. Hello, here I am. Welcome to the show. It's the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I'm Nikki Glazer. I'm still in Los Angeles, California. Brian Frangie is also in LA, not in the same place as me. Anya's here. Noah's here. Um, it's a beautiful day. No hurricane. Um, nothing else to report, really. Just got a coffee. Uh, I'm reading a book that Brian got me called The Baby Decision. Thank you, Brian. Oh, yeah. I've been wanting to hear more yeah. about this. Have you come if to If you look decision? at the girls' chat, I have screenshots of pages already shared that's triggering everyone. Um, oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, really? so, I'm only up to trigger Kirsten's energy. Oh, really? I'm okay, one. yeah. Kirsten went to a Reiki healer this weekend and got um, and had a lot of like cool insight into that stuff. But this baby decision book... So Brian, you got this book because you were also you had heard of it, or yeah, someone had told you I, about it. I bought it? the book. Um, I don't know why how I came up with this book. It must have been reviews, or I lo- no one recommended this book to me. In fact, I think people, uh, no one mentioned this book to me. I just no bought one's it. Ever told you and to read anything? I was reading. Yeah, people told me not to read it. They said if you read this, <laughs> problems are going to happen in your life. Florida's burning. But I this book. went against they what are. they said. Um, yeah, I think around last year I bought that book because I was like, I don't know, I, I'm feeling really stressed out about this and I just want to read a book that helps me come to more confidence in my decision making. 
and I never read it. So this is a thick I, book. This, yeah. <laughs> there's a. I'm like, because it says if you've been having trouble making a decision, you've read all the articles. I'm like, it's so funny that people used to make decisions based off like an article I read in Parents Weekly when there's really a book that can help you that's this big. It's a thick book. You know, it's a, probably an inch thick, you guys, um, for those of you not watching this. And um, yeah. I did uh, read articles. The person who wrote that book actually has a articles. group that they have. They have many articles and they also bring people in um, and have like a workshop where they bring people in live to make this decision together. And, oh, wow. Um, like a therapist, sort of like well, a therapist that specializes in making a decision well, about having children. Brian told me that it was a good book because it's... Um, it's warmly em empathetic and wide-ranging manual. So it, it gives you the pros and cons. So it doesn't side with either way. Like this woman's not trying yes. to get you to like not have a baby or to have a baby. Um, and she just, she gives you like the beginning of it. First of all, the beginning, I could, you could skip the first uh, 40 pages because it's about what you're <laughs> going to expect in the book, what to expect when you're expecting oh, reading this book. God. <laughs> just, that just also goes with every other book, every other nonfiction book. book. Skip the first. 40. Stop. So, yeah. And then you get to things and it's kind of asking you to do a lot of visualization of like, imagine being pregnant. Imagine breastfeeding. Imagine your husband not helping at all. Imagine getting divorced and having a baby. What that will look like. Like, imagine every fallout. Imagine your baby is this. Imagine um, your baby is uh, not this. Um, it's... And so I'm like, well, how is this book? That's just page 43. How am I going to ask me all the way down? <laughs> I'm enjoying your screenshots. I just saw these. Can I just quickly show the YouTube viewer a Nikki Glazer screenshot? Here's a normal yeah, one. Just, just part of a book highlighted. And then we no, move on. No, that's actually, that's, a, that's totally normal. Because no, I'm not giving you the whole it, book. I'm telling no, you exactly I'm a little sentence to read. You're getting defensive too fast. What I'm saying okay. is I love, I love this commentary. Dear God, no. No. Dear God, no. <laughs> and then the other one is like, what did oh I say on the other one? This one especially. Did you mean this like I'm triggered by this? Or um, well, this let me just read you what? those uh, screenshots uh, that I already did. Okay, so the first one is just the greatest. It just makes it everything, like it says everything pretty much that I've always felt. And this is what I'm boggled by is that I think most people wow. don't ask themselves these questions at all. They don't even think about it. And that is, I found, is my biggest thing about that I've been talking about on the podcast where why do people want kids and why do people have kids? I don't get it. My real problem is why don't people think about having kids a little bit more before they do it? And mm. here's another thing before I get started. Rant commenced, okay? <laughs> Woo! I don't want to hear how hard it is. I don't want to hear how it was so much harder than you thought it would be. You know why? Because everything you hear is that it's harder than you thought it would be. Everyone says that. So imagine how hard you think it is and then imagine it's harder than that. So it's, so does every time someone says that, it exponentially grows? No, it's harder than what I imagined it would be harder being harder than that that I grew. It's always going to be harder. I do, I, I am, you're allowed to complain. Please don't take this the wrong way that if I think you have kids, you can't say anything because you chose that. That is not what I'm saying. I complain about my life I chose all the damn time. But don't be surprised when you're not sleeping. Don't be surprised <laughs> when your nipples hurt don't be surprised don't be surprised by it don't um 
I, I don't understand this. I think there's something really funny about the fact that literally I've been hearing since I was able to hear words and process sentences from adults that having a baby and raising kids is way harder than you think it's going to be. Everyone's heard this their whole lives. So why are people entering into it thinking it's actually going to be easier than the thing that no one has ever said it's easier than you think? Literally zero people. Maybe <laughs> Nick Cannon. But other than that, no one gets off easier with childhood. So stop this. And uh, I, I just that's the thing but i want to re reiterate if you do have kids rant over you can complain about them all you want in fact my sister never complains about being a mom and i go over and i'm like will you just complain a little bit because this sucks and i want to <laughs> hear you let some of this out because i know you signed because she's always like i signed up for this and i'm gonna go i understand that but this is really ridiculous and it still sucks and you can still bitch about things you signed up for but the surprise over it or trying to get other people to be feel sorry for you because you go man it's just way worse than i thought it would be not interesting we've been hearing it since we were four don't care i knew at the age of four i didn't want kids because i heard people saying that shit about me that they were raising <laughs> Rant over. yeah you okay. don't like a non-interesting take or a non-unique take yeah i guess that's it it's just, it's the most cur take ever because it's been said a million times. And I don't get people still saying it's harder than you think it would be. I guess people are probably listening to this going, well, she doesn't get that even what she imagines being hard, it's harder than that. And it's harder than the, so it probably is, I probably would be a hypocrite if I had kids and say, you know what? I take it back. It is harder than I imagined it would be once I even added hardness to what I thought it would be. Well, come okay. on. We can imagine a little bit more. I mean, just, just I imagine so that too. it's harder than that. That's what I'm saying. Like when I hear about whenever I'm on a treadmill and I'm doing a workout where I kind of want to die. I, and usually I'm only at a, that level for about 30 seconds and then I take it down. I don't like force myself to do that much anymore. But when I do, I always remember the SEAL team like the like people in the Navy SEALs say that whenever you're ready to die, your body is capable of 17 times more that. 17 oh times. Damn. So uh, if you think yeah, of so that, you're thinking do. about when you're working out. Oh yeah, because I go, I want to go, go, I want to quit. And I go, you could do this for 17 more times and you think you're about to pass out <laughs> right now. 17 more, bitch. And I don't do it, but I just go, I know I'm I'm capable of more. When I have a kid, the, I'm going to imagine that the kid is going to like uh, pull out a semi-automatic rifle and start shooting up the house, and he's going to like be Give spilling acid all over the years floor. And they might. He's gonna he's gonna uh, try to kill me every single day, and then I have the kid, and I'll be like, you know what? It's yes. not as hard as I thought it'd be. Yes, it's like my friend Gabe. I thought he'd be shooting me. Yeah, my friend Gabe Kia used to have a joke that he was he got like busted for dealing drugs in college. And to tell his mom, he got a felony, right? And he was like, he told his mom, he's like, mom, I got a felony. And she goes, for what? He goes, rape. And she goes, no. And he goes, just kidding, drugs, mom, drugs. And she was like, oh, thank God. Like, she's happy about it now. <laughs> so yeah, just make it the worst thing ever. That's what I would imagine too. Is like, I think this book probably is trying to get you to do that. Imagine, do you still want it if it could be, if it could go the horrible way? Um, yeah. So here's the quote that I loved. So people are kind of, she's lamenting in the book in the beginning on behalf of people who say, this is such a tough decision. Why is this so tough for me? You know, I think people go, if it's tough, then I should just not have kids because why is this so tough? You should just know. 
And I think they're also comparing themselves to women like I do who are just, I've always known I want to be a man. And that really sultry tone that they say it, really. And you go, oh, because your mom wasn't really around and you had to raise your sisters. So that's probably why, because you're forced into it. That's me being snarky and I'm jealous. Um, Okay, so it says, why is this decision so difficult? My clients and workshop attendees moan. Are we the wishy-washiest people on the planet? Wow, they say moan? She says moan. Wouldn't most <laughs> normal wouldn't most normal, reasonable people have decided by now? I answer their question with a question of my own. Do you want this job which I am about to offer you? Listen carefully. If you accept it, you will have to do it for 20 years. Before you commit, you are not allowed to try it out or even meet your boss or coworker. Consequently, you may have no idea if you will like the job or the person, nor will you know until you start if you will love or hate it. During the three months of your apprenticeship, you will endure sleepless nights, 24-hour shifts, seven days a week. Sound good so far? But wait, there's so much more. For this grueling job, you will not receive a salary. In fact, you have to pay tens of thousands of dollars to do it. Oh, and also there's no clause for quitting, at least not for the first 18 years. Are you grabbing the contract pen in hand and pulling your partner over to the desk to sign up right away? So she that may sound like she's on the side of don't have kids. What she's trying to do here is not that because she goes on to make a bunch of reasons for having kids. What she's trying to say is like, don't be mad at yourself for thinking this is a hard decision because these are the questions people should ask themselves and they don't at all because our society Mm -hmm. just like forces kids onto people. It's just the thing you do next. And I don't think people give it that much thought. And then this is the one that I said, this one especially. So it said, this exercise helps you consider career sacrifices that parenthood may demand. Imagine that a colleague moves ahead of you in some way simply because you can't work as hard now that you're involved with your child. Perhaps he or she is is promoted first, even though you are more qualified. How would you feel about this? How would you react? My blood started simmering when I was reading Uh, this. And by the end of it, I was like 100% not okay. Why? Well, I was actually talking to Chris about this because we were talking about um, amazing female comedians who are like the the best in the business right now and like are on the top of their game in the same way that uh, male uh, comedy um, legends are. And we couldn't really think of many. And my answer to that was, and, and we could think of some, but they have fallen off working in recent times, even though they are still of working age. They just don't produce as much now. And the answer every single time, I mean, I don't know them pri- private lives, is that they had kids not too long ago. And aside mm-hmm. from, you know, Ali Wong still producing a ton of stuff and there are exceptions to this Tina Fey. There's always going to be a couple where you go, oh, okay. Do you think it'll happen to Whitney? Um, no, because she's insane. She's pregnant. In, in terms of like, she's just a and What about fucking- Sarah Silverman? She doesn't have kids. Sarah right. Silverman's a reverse example because she kind of like, uh, waned a little bit when in the time when she would have had kids, but she didn't have them. That's true. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. It could be um totally a random thing that I'm seeing this causality of like kids equals less work because you're right. Like, uh, there's not only Sarah Silverman. There's others I can think of too that, and me. I mean, my career goes in ebbs and flows, and it has nothing to do with if I'm busy with something else in my life, it's really like the business liking how toned my facial skin is probably eventually is when I'm going to lose work. Um, also, you just get tired. I mean, you're just like, you know what? I've been busting my ass for five years. Then you kind of get into this. I'm going to slow down a little bit just for a year not or two. Me. 
I don't think I'm ever going to no, do I that. Think- I don't ever want to, like, I can't, no, I, I don't see that happening for me. I, I just, it, and even if I had a kid, I would find a way to stay relevant because of this. But the fact that some, it might, you know what it would take away from me? Guitar lessons, singing lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. th- those things would be the first to go for a hundred percent. No, no questions asked. Like, I'm not going to have time to like, noodle on the guitar when there's like a baby screaming in the next room and yes I could get a Mm -hmm. nanny but I don't even feel good having like being at my house when my maid is there cleaning because I feel bad like I should be picking up because she's there do you ever have that when you have someone overdoing a thing for you and you go I gotta leave because I don't I feel like I should be helping her sweep oh yeah when my cleaning lady comes I leave for the entire day I also don't (laughs) want her I don't want her, I don't want to get in the way of her doing her job. I think it's more comfortable for her too to just be like, have free reign of the house and be able to, you know, knock out her blankets wherever she wants. Dude, when people used to judged. hang out when I would babysit, it would suck so much. What's I the want, point of that? Get the fuck out. If you're a parent that like <laughs> hangs out, like, listen, I would probably do it because I'd want to just work from home, you know? W W F H, which we've all started saying, which I didn't get that acronym note till recently but um i would probably do it so i'm a hypocrite but just know that i i would tell my i would tell my babysitter like i'm not watching you do whatever you want eat our snacks have fun let the kids watch tv like you'd be as like i would not be like don't be different because i'm around i'm gonna let you be Uh as shitty of a babysitter as i was because i wasn't shitty i just let the kids watch tv um (laughs) when they wanted not all the time but more than probably the parents wanted to them too, because guess what? I was babysitting kids that parents worked in TV. I'm like, this is good for them. They're learning about your job, <laughs> right? If if I if I was a babysitter and then the parent told me what you just said, I would 100 percent think it's a trap. Well, that's what everyone thinks when I tell them like I don't care if my boyfriend makes out with other girls. That's a trap, and I'm like, okay, well, test me then. Let's see, <laughs> see if it's a trap, because you have my word uh, on the nanny cam telling you. To sit around and eat my snacks. Mm. That's where I discovered seaweed snacks. They were the seaweeds. Seaweed snacks were not around <laughs> twenty five years or twenty years ago. Two thousand. No, that was no. Two, uh, fifteen years ago. They were not around, but I first discovered them at the Apatow's house, which is where I babysat. But I was I was good to those kids because you know it's the fucking Apatow's, and you can you, you can totally. <laughs> I'm to blame for how great they are and everything they do. Iris do they and remember Maude. you? Uh, Maude did. I doubt Iris would because she was like four. Now she's right. 19 and she's in the newest music video for the uh, number one Billboard song right now. Uh, Olivia, Olivia Rodrigo. Rodrigo. She's best friends with Olivia. Yeah, yeah. they're so cute. Um, I'm like, what a girl gang. They're all so So adorable. cute to put all your girlfriends in your music video when you're 19. That's my Aww. dream. I know. Okay, one more from this book and then we got to go because this one is crazy. And this is one I wrote, Dear God, No. Okay. <laughs> Okay, picture this is called. Okay, I don't even know if I should give it the title. Picture a perfectly healthy newborn with a touch of jaundice. Um, I had jaundice, by the way, as a kid. I was like incubated for a bit. His eyes and skin are slightly yellow, and like most newborns, he's covered all over with fuzzy hair. His head has been misshapen by the trip through the birth canal. Now consider the following description, and this is in like indented, so it's like pulled from another piece of literature. I saw the dull yellow eye of the creature open. It breathed hard and a convulsive (laughs) motion agitated its limbs. His yellow skin scarcely covered the work of muscles and arteries beneath. His hair was of a lustrous black and flowing. Does the quote above refer to a baby? 
Well, yes and no. It comes from Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. While it supposedly describes a monster, literary critic Ellen Moores in Literary Women insists that Shelley was really talking about the horrors of motherhood. She wrote Frankenstein during her third mm-hmm. pregnancy at the age of 18 after her firstborn child had died. Pregnant women often dream about oh, monsters. God. In some dreams, the monster is clearly the dreamer's <laughs> baby. <laughs> Frankenstein wow. is trying to encourage people. <laughs> no, I swear to God, there's these. The, I'm highlighting the things that have stuck out to me to like that really. She's helping me make the decision. I mean, this stuff is yes. hitting home for me. So I promise you, like Noah wants kids. Noah, this isn't. Is this dissuading you? Do you give a fuck if people get promoted over you? Do you give a fuck if your baby kind of gives you monster dreams? Do you give a fuck if uh, <laughs> no? It's twenty years with no pay. I think at this point in my life, at this age, that stuff doesn't bother me. If I would have been like in my 20s, it definitely would have bothered me. But that's why I didn't have kids in my 20s. That's a good point. Interesting. Well, that's the beauty of the book. That's how you know it's working. See, you're reading the book and you're highlighting passages that are against having a baby. If Noah read the book, she would find the the passages that are pro-baby to be more resonant with her. Right. Yes. Well, we get back from break. I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say, we kind of tend towards looking at like an echo chamber where it's something that that is what we want to hear. So I think Brian's right in that. And that's what this is. That's exactly what this is for. Like, this is trying to encourage you so you can have a great decision and have all the reasoning behind it, which has been the theme of this podcast now for like three weeks, which so many people have sent me (laughs) messages, by the way, of like why they had kids or why they think people have kids or why they want kids and don't have them yet. And I have so many good DMs that are like, I could write a book, I think, at the end of all of this. Like, I think something might come of this bigger, maybe a movie or something about being childless. Which, by the way, I bought a, I think I may have talked about this before. I bought a sweatshirt that says childless because mm-hmm. it was from, um, yeah. and I really liked it because I, I want to be, I'm proud that I'm childless and I don't think that's like a bad thing. But all these comments in the Instagram post for the sweatshirt, not Ugh. the one I posted, I didn't post it yet. In the ad for it, people are like, this should say child free because women who don't want kids, they're free of children. And I'm like, and and women who are childless seem like they're like, I don't have one and I want one. Childless is supposed to be for women who want one. And I go, no, I'm childless because I don't want one. Therefore, it's not my fault that I don't have a kid. It's as if I'm barren in my brain. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like a kid could really improve my life, but I am also childless because I don't, the same way some people's bodies can't have one for whatever reason, my brain can't have one. And maybe I do want one in my heart, but my brain won't let me. (laughs) So isn't that, am I allowed to say I'm barren in the brain a little bit? Your heart needs to fuck your brain. (laughs) My heart needs to fuck my brain? Well, you said Mm. my brain doesn't, but my heart does. My, so, it sounds like it needs to rape my brain because <laughs> yeah. my brain doesn't want it. So, okay. Well, the heart wants, gets what it wants. The heart wants what it wants and you can't say no. Okay, we'll be right back after my heart rates my brain. <laughs> Are you looking for some amazing TV to stream? Well, sink into your couch and indulge with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. We're talking some of the greatest comedies of all time. Absolute must-watch shows. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the crew in How I Met Your Mother 
All nine seasons of How I Met Your Mother are now streaming on Hulu right now. One of my favorite shows ever. And I mean, don't you want to know how he met their mother? Then go back home with the Dumfies, the Pritchetts, and the Pritchett Tuckers in Modern Family. Then you can start over with the Roses on Schitt's Creek. And then see what's up in the Kyle household in My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits. Streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. I mean, can you even watch all of this? We think so. Head on over to Hulu and start streaming today. Now we're talking. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. She's breathing right now? Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. If anybody has a wants to write a book called The Mattress Decision, I'll read it <laughs> because I'm having a lot of trouble. Still. Let's have a check-in. Why don't they have a book for that? <laughs> oh, I well, the the Tempur-Pedic attack has now been thwarted, thankfully. Oh, yeah. And um, I was able to return my current mattress. It has not been picked up yet. And I have Good. now, uh, I'm now getting a new Tempur-Pedic mattress that's more basic, like a medium hybrid that's less expensive, like a $2,000 less expensive. So I'm hoping that does the trick. If that doesn't work, 
Then I'm going to begin sifting through the hundreds of DMs I, I got from besties yes. recommending different mattresses. All the DMs almost made it more difficult to make the decision because everyone's like, try this mattress. This is the best mattress. Try this mattress. This is the best. And like, I trust all of you. I trust all of you that you think that that's the best mattress. And I believe you. But I just don't know which one of those know, is everyone's me. so f- emphatic. So that's where I'm at right now. Yeah. I mean, everyone, okay. I be- I, I, I'm so, I envy these people because all these besties who have found their mattress, I believe it's like if I was single and I saw people getting married and I'd envy them. Yeah, it's it like, is like that. Yeah, I watched you get married. for finding a wife. Yes, we yes, all did. I envy the people who found a mattress that's yeah. going to last them for at least Your 10 years. Your wedding was triggering for many people, especially one girl who had just gotten into a fake fight with her boyfriend <laughs> and was sitting in the row three. That I didn't know was a fight. Did I tell you guys this? Are you talking about yourself? No. You told us myself you told us on girls' chat. At, yeah, yeah. Okay, oh, yeah, I think yeah. I only this said, is incredible. This is fucking insane. Well, I told Brian later, so everyone here knows about it, but the this listener is doesn't. One of the funniest things I've ever seen. I'm headed to Brian's wedding with my boyfriend Chris, and we are walking to the wedding, and so we're getting ready in our little cabin. And it's kind of frantic to get ready because we stayed in the hot tub too long and I'm blow drying my hair and I have to like steam my dress. That is like, it's just, there's a lot to do. And Chris is like slowly getting ready. And every time I turn around from blow drying my hair, he looks like cuter and cuter. And I keep commenting on it. I'm like, you look so handsome. And he's not really giving it back, but that's fine because he's distracted with his thing. And I don't look cute yet. Like I'll say one thing about Chris Convy. He will not give me compliments unless it's real. Like, just because I say he looks cute, he's not going to say it back. So I get the truth Very from good. him. And well, okay. No, it's no, I actually appreciate it because I, if he just said it all the time, I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when he says it, it really means a lot to me. And he says it a lot. Let me just make that very clear. He's very into the way I look and it, I feel it all the time. But I was feeling a little insecure this day, probably. I hadn't spray tanned in a while. I was on my period, I believe. Um, and we're getting so we, I finally get dressed and I put on my like these boots and I'm like, Ugh. and I uh, we start walking. We ex- exit the cabin right outside in the front steps and it's there's hail everywhere because it's just hailed like fucking crazy. The ground mm-hmm. is white. It looks like it's just all like flower petals everywhere. And I say, you look so cute. And he's stuffing his face with a donut because he's just trying to like quickly like finish eating donuts before we go to the ceremony. He's like a snack like you know donuts and he's eating them <laughs> and Wait, i go is it the the powdered ones is it the, or the, chocolate, the chocolate i had bought okay. yeah i think they were chocolate because i bought them for him at the gas station even this though he was like please stop buying these for me because <laughs> they're too i can't stop eating them and i'm don't want them but i always get them because my boyfriend kind of forgets to eat a lot so i had these donuts he ate them and i said to him and as it's leaving my mouth i realize don't do this. Do you ever have that where you like are oh, talking oh my God. and as it's coming out, you're like, I shouldn't even finish the sentence, but it's feeling really good. And I know it's wrong. <laughs> like it, I, it was, you know, it's like it's word possession vomit is what they say. Yeah. What'd you yeah. say? Oh, Noah? Okay. I, I, I call it being possessed. Like it's not me in there. <gasps> yes. I'm possessed by a demon. That's how it felt. And I said, yeah, it's like, are you going to say I look cute? Are you gonna say I look cute? I hated myself instantly for it. So I once I realized um 
now having looked back on this moment, let me just kind of tell you what was going through my head. In that moment, I was so embarrassed of what I had just said, like asking him, because I know that whatever he gives me is not going to feel good because I've just asked for it. So I've just already right. defeated the purpose of what I want. Uh, um, I oh, know he's going to feel that. annoyed that I asked. So I'm embarrassed. I-, I just know that it was the wrong thing to say. And I'm so humiliated. I said it right. So desperate, not even not setting the right tone. And so my mind is in a position of picturing whatever comes out of his mouth is going to be really fucking mad at me and annoyed because guess who's mad at me and annoyed? I am. So I now am looking, my world view has shifted to whatever he's going to do, he's pissed. There's no other way to interpret it. He could have smiled and been like laughed and I would have been like, he's mad because that's just so how (laughs) I felt about myself. And I realize that now. So what he decided to do in the moment was have an exaggerated, like mad response, um, like almost like a fake husband screaming at his wife, like a joke. So he stuffed the donut in his mouth and it was like, I tell you, you look fucking great all the time. And it's like Bill Burr flying out of his mouth, like uh, so exaggerated. It was insane, right? So he stuffs it in his mouth and he goes, he said, I don't remember exactly what he said, but I know it had the word fuck in it, which he never cusses at me. Like it's, it would be, that's an insane, he's never yelled at me. Like Chris doesn't yell at me. Like there's no verbal abuse happening in our relationship at all over 10 years. And, um, emotional once you know no um but (laughs) that was early on from both of us uh light dusting in the beginning of our relationship on both sides emotionally but verbally dusting is coming from the donuts the the powder donut (laughs) yeah which not powder but chocolate but let's imagine it's yes spewing out in a comic fashion it like almost hits me in the face and he's also cussing and from my interpretation this is just my boyfriend has now turned into a monster. Like I, I, you know, women talk about like this moment where they get married and suddenly their boyfriend starts hitting them or their husband is now, yes. like it comes out of nowhere where they just, you've heard Chris these stories yellow, before. yellow, s- translucent skin and yes. black flowing <laughs> hair. Mary his arteries. <laughs> Chris and Stein. And so I was like, oh <laughs> my God, this is it. Like he's changed. Like there's maybe this weekend he got really comfortable with me never leaving him or something. Maybe I said something that gave him this like reassurance that now he can abuse me this way. And I was shook. Like I, I, I didn't say anything. I just was like, I was, cause he screamed and then the, the, the donut is spewing from his face in a very comedic fashion. And I am like, just, but you're not seeing it as that. What? You're not seeing it as as comedic. I was almost because I was like, it was so ridiculous, but I'm not laughing. No, but I'm also like, that was so unlike him to like talk with his mouth, open it and, and then scream, which he's never done and cuss all things that I'm just like, okay, well, this relationship's literally over. I will not be with someone who talks to me this way. And now I have to go to Brian's wedding and sit next to this person. And I'm not going to make this about me and like start crying in the bathroom or break up with my boyfriend at my friend's wedding. So I go to the wedding and we walk to it and I say, he, he then swallows the donut that is in his mouth and he goes, he goes, he goes, seriously, Nikki. And now it's like calmed down to like his normal tone. And he goes, do you think I've gone three hours in our whole relationship without telling you how good you look? And I go, and I just quietly was like, I'm sorry. I know you're right. And I was just like abused woman, quiet, like, but he didn't notice. Cause Mm. he's like, we're trying to get to the wedding. He didn't notice that I'm like, 
shell-shocked woman tone, right? I'm thinking that I just want, I hate him right now. I, I don't know who this person is. I want to get through this day and I want to leave. And it's a long road before we leave. We have a reception to sit through. I have to like smile and like, it's going to be hell. So, oh my god! I'm like, I just wait a second. Spiraling, you were like frozen. I, I think in the moment you were even like, it is so out of character. It almost was like he was doing a bit, but he, he wasn't. Yeah, I mean, with a donut in your mouth. <laughs> yes, and the donut spewing, spewing donut? out, That's funny. like in a in a, a Homer Simpson way. That like, to it's me is funny. Cartoon. It's I said hilarious. cartoonish. Yes. And yes. I, by the way, like, I, I sometimes I do that with Allie. Yes. Sometimes I'll do something like that but where we'll just pretend she, like we're in an abusive relationship and yell at each other. Me and Chris have done it funny. before. Yes. Chris and I have <laughs> yeah. done it before. We do it in a New York accent, though, usually like a Jersey accent of like, <laughs> why would you fucking do this, Johnny? Like, I do that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I am at your wedding spiraling and like crying because I see oh, no. what true love looks like. And it's not what I have. Clearly, <laughs> I thought I did. But now this boyfriend, I'm like, I will never unsee what he just did to me. There's literally nothing that will ever excuse it. You know, when you have those moments where you go, nothing could, there's no thing he could say that will ever make me look at him the same way again. Until I finally, days later, (laughs) so I I tucked it away and I was like, I'll just have to bring it up when we go to couples therapy, right? Like I can't. I, I, this is not something I'm going to be able to talk about on our own because he didn't even seem to really notice it because th- usually, let me just also say this. If Chris and I get into an argument, which is usually never, it had never involved screaming or yelling, we're weird for a while. Like, it's just not comfortable mm-hmm. with us. We're a little, we don't touch each other. We're not like, we can't really fake it around people. We used to be able to, we don't anymore. Like, we're, we more stick to like what's going on. We'll literally say to people we go to dinner with, we're like not doing well right now. Like, we've said that before because we don't fake it if things aren't good, which is good. Uh-huh. But the whole reception, everything's fine with this guy. He's touching my leg, he's putting his arm around me. This makes me think even more, he's fucking crazy. Like he oh just did God. something, he snapped, and now he's he's even going off book for our, our our fight mode. You know, like he's he's now this guy that can like yell at his wife and then just act like everything's okay. Like this guy has lost it. You know, maybe elevation sickness. I don't know what's going on. So he's really <laughs> nice the whole night. We have a good time dancing. I kind of put it out of my head. I try to have a good time dancing and having a good time at the reception. But in the back of my head, I'm like, my relationship's over. This kind of sucks. This is the last night of this because I have to like it. I not it's not over, but it's like I, this is gonna take so long to repair the damage that was done tonight. So two days later, we're walking into a restaurant, and we're actually like arm in arm. And he's like, "So I'm like starting to pack up my stuff to move in," and I go, "Okay." And he's like, "So we're doing this, right? Like you want me to move in, right?" And I go, "There's one thing I need to bring up before you move in," and he's like. Okay. And we're walking into the restaurant when we're approaching the hostess stand. And I go, when you yelled at me in Colorado on the way to Brian's wedding, I just, I don't know who that was. And it's, I, I, I still can't get over it. And he goes, what? I didn't yell at you. And I, I just stopped on a dime and I go, we're not doing this. And I go, we're going back outside because it, we're going to start, I'm going to start yelling. If you try to tell me that wasn't yelling at me, like I thought at least he'd know exactly what I was talking about, right? Like he screamed yeah, at me right. and donut flew out his face. So I, I go, oh, I'm being gaslit and you're going to tell me that wasn't yelling at me. I literally go, I looked at the hostess and I go, we'll be right back. And I took him and I swung him around because we're locked in arms and we went back outside. And I go, you yelled at me at Brian's wedding. Now I'm yelling, right? And he's like, 
What? Right. And I go, donut was spewing out of your face. And he goes, that was a joke. And I go, what? <laughs> he's like, that was a joke. I would never talk to you that way. Like I was doing like our Dolores bit where I go, Dolores, why'd you park? The-? Like, and I go, that's our Jersey couple bit that we haven't done in a while. But I'm like, what? But he didn't say Dolores. No. And, and like, here's the truth. I think he was annoyed at my thing, which is 100% valid because I was annoyed at it. And I think it was a way to communicate ang- like a- an annoyance without committing to it, really, and doing a character. Mm-hmm. I don't think he meant to. He did not mean to scold me or hurt me the way he did at all, because it, that's just not in him. But it it was. Do you ever have that moment where you go, there's no way I'll ever forgive this person. And then they come up with the thing that is the only way you <laughs> forgive them. I was it was like someone took off a gigantic mountain backpack like one of the ones that goes down to your like half down your legs like when you're climbing Everest like backpacking back yeah one of those it was I was because I was like I put it out of my head for a little bit because when things like that happen to me that are traumatic either good or bad sometimes when I meet a famous person I forget about it this is a new thing that's happening to me too where I have um, excitement and amnesia and I forget meeting people oh. or having like run-ins with celebrities that mean a lot to me. And then I'll meet them again and say, oh, nice to meet you. And they go, I met you. I did it with Larry David. I think I talked about it on the show, but it's happened a couple of times since then with people. But I also have amnesia for really like awful things like that. And I'll put it away until it's ready. And so I tucked it away. But man, I almost like cried. I was like, that was a joke. I was like, first of all, don't let jokes go until I laugh at them. Like, make sure I know it's a joke. And it's so annoying because I'm a comedian and Chris is really funny. And this happens to us a lot where he will make jokes and I won't know he's joking. And it's a thing that happens to me as a comedian that, first of all, I can't take jokes like other people in terms of like, if you make fun of me, I will take it. I'm very, very sensitive. But I should be, I dole it out all the time. So there's this like, obviously, um, hypocritical thing about me in that way and i also don't understand jokes i don't think people are making jokes constantly like for me there's a place for jokes and i don't brian did it to me yesterday he had me going for like two minutes about a joke that everyone in the room got except me what was i kept exaggerating and exaggerating it just waiting for you to laugh so this is not just chris that has dealt with this like i think it was as obvious as that brian what chris had done and that to me was not obvious at all like i almost felt a little autistic because nothing about that was different from the way you normally talk or i I just couldn't i couldn't tell the difference so tell them what happened to be fair i do have a very dry delivery and i frequently get that like i didn't realize you were joking so it's not just you but is this the barbie thing okay thank god you're talking about yes the Barbie thing. So um, our other friend uh, hasn't seen the Barbie movie yet. And she was saying that I don't want to go see it because I'm definitely going to be let down because everyone's talking it up so much and saying how good it is and how fun it is. And then Nikki was like, it is good. It is fun. And she's like, well, now I'm not going to, I'm going to be disappointed no matter what. So then I go, well, I actually have several groups of friends who said it was the worst movie they've ever seen. They said it was too woke and too preachy, and it made them physically ill to sit through the movie. <laughs> and then Nikki was like, what? 
what the fuck? Who are these people? And I'm like, yes, several of them got up and walked out in the middle of the film and asked for their money back. And then she's like, what? What? Who are these people? They went into the alley and started spontaneously vomiting because they were so disturbed. They would, they, a couple of them said they would rather eat shit than watch Barbie ever again. My one friend said, I would rather take a shit in my hand and eat it than watch one more second of the Barbie movie. Is this a friend I know of yours? Because I know a lot, Brian and I have a lot of friends in common. So I go, if this was Rob Stern, this sucks because I love Rob Stern and I cannot be friends with someone who talked this way about the Barbie movie. Like, they sound insane. And so Brian was going on and on and I, everyone in the room, there was two other girls in the room, they knew he was joking and they often don't know he's joking. They don't know Brian as well as I do. And so a lot of times I'm the one that's like, he's joking. But this time I was just... That's this is what the same mood I was in the other that time that happened with Chris. Like I just miss the joke and I wish I could go back because that night was kind of stolen from me. So you need to get remarried so I can but I did I will say <laughs> that um there was this moment of like thinking my relationship was over and then watching yours and I go, Well, that's what I want. You know, like it it gave me like mm. it was almost like a good timing of it where it was like, Okay, don't give yes. up. And your whole vows were about like finding Allie when you had kind of given up. And so I was already yes. I was already like thinking of like, <laughs> I have to start over now. I have to put myself back out there and hope I found someone that's more compatible for me that doesn't yell at me ten years into our relationship one time. And um thank God it was a joke and Chris was horrified that I didn't get it. Like he felt really misunderstood, which is another thing in our relationship that comes embarrassed? up. I think probably, yeah, because he just realized this whole night his girlfriend was like thinking that you were breaking up. Like he felt like he looked at the whole weekend and was having that like flashback of like, well, that wasn't real. You weren't happy then. And it, the truth mm. was, no, I was in turmoil, you know? And, um, <laughs> and so I think he was processing how to it. get out and, of my apartment. <laughs> and I was thinking about the summer rolls that we were about to eat. And I was like, okay, so now I, I know you're joking. Now just say, I'm sorry you felt that way, which is my big thing. It's like, if you don't mean to hurt someone's feelings, it doesn't matter if you meant to or not. You know, I don't believe in free will. Brian certainly does because yesterday we argued about it for literally an hour and a half in front of these two girls that we're talking about. And they honestly could file like workman's comp for the torture of listening to us debate. They are, they were, they didn't say a word the whole time. It was, I wish this debate was like for, um, we could like put it out there for like I mean, a bonus pod. I was it debating was just for the sake of. No. I, I I I understand you were getting uh you were getting frustrated. You said you were getting frustrated. I I was I debating for almost like the joy of the debate. Me too. Just to have That's the philosophical why I liked debate it because I felt like afterwards because it did get. It got a little screamy, but in a way that's like the way I scream, which is like, no, Brian, like you don't see, like, it wasn't like I was mad at you. There were times I was a little mad because I just felt like, why can't you get this? You're smart. But it's because that's my fault. I didn't explain it right. But, um, because there is no, like, there's no argument. It does. There is no free will. There's like, no, and that's <laughs> my other thing. No is like, argument. I know I'm right. I am right. <laughs> well, it's, it is true. It's like veganism. The two things I feel right about are veganism and no free will. Other, other than that, I'm pretty much wrong about everything and including wanting to not be a mother. So, um, but I will say that afterwards I felt closer to you. Like now I feel like that oh. is how I all, uh, that is really how I bond with people because I felt like as we were arguing and it was going on for literally 90 minutes, you guys nonstop Good one Lord. subject in one room, 90 minutes, probably wouldn't you say Brian? Yeah, no, it was 90 minutes. It was crazy. <laughs> so I felt during it at some points, 
this is gonna this might be bad for us because I don't I've heard before that I come on really strong and that this can push people away but because you were engaged the whole time and didn't seem to give up I go let's just keep going let's like I don't know I'm not ready yeah. to give up and so but by the end of it I was like I have no animosity towards him I have I'm not carrying this around like God, why doesn't he get it we did not agree on any like, we agreed on a couple points but like most points did not agree I do not feel satisfied that I did a good job in the debate <laughs> because we walked away feeling the same way nothing was accomplished in that way but oh, and two people debate. were very annoyed to the point where they like <laughs> never want to be around me again. Um, so I neither knew, of I knew you walked I kept away from that thinking you learned something. I'm right. Like neither of you no. are like, okay, she had a good cool no. point. He had a good point. No, okay. I don't think so. Brian? What I walked away we from, we found though, some common ground, and we were searching for. We were trying to search for the thing that we agree on, and mostly we we're trying to search for what is the fundamental thing we disagree on because we don't even know really what that is. We so found that's it. what I was searching for. Yeah, and he he kept saying what really upset me was like, "But this doesn't matter to me. I don't care." And I go, "Oh, so you don't care about you thing you've argued for ninety minutes? So you just wasted my fucking time." Like I didn't say fuck, but maybe I did. And um, but you I said, will you say, fucking fucking <laughs> donut flew out of your mouth. Vegan donut. I will say though that I. I do think that debating makes me feel closer to people. Like I really like and, and it doesn't mean that we have to agree at the end. It doesn't mean like fighting and not, it wasn't fighting. And I sound like my parents right now. Cause my whole entire childhood, I would say, stop fighting. And they'd go, we are arguing. We are not fighting. You know, like that was always uh, my first stand up joke I ever wrote was in like fifth grade because my parents would say, we're not fighting. I at least thought of it. I didn't think of it like this is a stand-up joke, but it was my first thing that I look back on and I go, oh, that was kind of a bit was my parents used to say, we're not fighting. We're having a discussion. And in my head, I was like, well, when we have discussions in my fourth class about, you know, where the red fern grows, Mrs. Stifler doesn't throw a chair and sc scream, <laughs> fuck you, EJ, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> it was like, they always would say they discuss things. And I'm like, well, I think you're screaming at each other and nothing's getting resolved. So I do come from a family of screamers and uh, debaters, There's, but I liked it. I just wanted to, sh so I, I just wanted to share something because I um, relate to you in the way that in, in, in my previous relationships, I used to bond with my partner through arguing. Mm. And in my household, that's how we used to show um, emotions towards each other. It was like through right. argument. And there was never a resolution. But in this current relationship, we can't bond over arguing. We bond over the discussion that we have after. So now what we do mm. is, if we have a fight, um, we're not allowed to hug at the end. And that's like for my request, because I don't want um, negative reinforcement negative reinforcement mm, right like, i don't want to receive the affection because my love language is physical touch after we have a blow up argument fight because then my brain is like "Ooh, arguing get equals hug. hugging and kissing oh, that's interesting well what if it's Not the hugging and kissing after the result like does it ha can it be like we're no. fighting and then we discuss and then there's a hug no we have to walk away from it and wow. then we can hug it out that's like smart Noah. later it's really cool. Wow. Yeah, good job it's like it's what I have to do to rewire. That's like some good stuff that you uh, No, have Noah that tool is now. like really in tune with stuff. That's so smart. I will say that I'd never feel closer to someone um debating romantically. Like I feel much closer to Brian. No. Like he is someone that can like really hang with me in terms of cuz I like debating and I don't think a lot of my girlfriends do and I think it's a masculine trait that I have and it's nice to be able to do that. Um, with a friend and not have any ill will afterwards. I mean, it could be 
I mean, maybe you had some, I don't want to mean to speak for both of us, but I felt like none afterwards. I felt like almost cathartic and like, oh, we just had like a bonding sesh. And yeah, I mean, you have to, we agreed on the, we agreed on the ground rules of what we were doing um, intrinsically without discussing, tacitly without discussing it, which is that this is a debate for fun. And if at any point one of us is truly feeling upset or attacked, then it needs to end. But that never happened. Yeah. And that's what you got to go into debates like that. It was like, for, you know, some people do like there is debate club, you know, in school I and stuff like some people it. do debate as a hobby. You'd probably be it's good fun. at it. It's fun. I have family I members really think that, I love, do it. that feel intimacy after fighting. I don't mind a debate, but I do not like an insult in the like I'm good up until if I, there's any implication that I'm a fool or dumb or any criticism of me, I'm out. I'm just like, I'm done. Like I was in a debate with, uh, I'm in this group and we talk about race issues and I disagreed about something someone was saying and they were like, I'm really disappointed in you. That's like such a I said that to Brian so many times. (laughs) I kept saying to Brian, you're smarter than this. I was exactly using that. I'm sorry, Brian, if I made you feel stupid. (laughs) That's a... No, no. I mean, that's 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 a fallacy that you can't use during a debate. But like, I think... I think during our debate, what I really appreciated was that there were we were very self-aware during the debate where like sometimes you would say like, I am feeling frustrated because I can't figure out the thing that can't get you to understand this. And I would and then at one point I was like, the thing I want to do right now is attack sam harris personally but i know that that's wrong so it's kind of like go, there was also self-awareness that was dare. good and then he, he googled <laughs> sam harris and he goes AJ? look at this guy look at this ugly guy and he showed me a picture and i was like that's not sam harris he was looking at another picture of a guy and i go it wasn't sam even harris him. is beautiful <laughs> and i go you don't and then for I like go, half Brian, the argument i thought don't start taking down sam harris he's on the right side of things man and he's like he's he's saying that molesters should just be able to molest because they can't help their brains i go he is not saying that i said that and i'm not really saying it was like but it wasn't that heated it was uh it was fu- it, i had a blaster doing it and i do think yeah. i need to get into an adult debate club because of it i adult don't i don't know club. the rules of debate and so i should maybe um explore that a little bit but as we're talking about things that i wish were a bonus episode i want to draw attention to something that is becoming a special thing for um, besties to do if you want to get our podcast ad free and if you want to get an extra bonus episode every month of the show um which is entitled intrusive thoughts where we kind of say our most insane things. That's going to be a separate secret um, episode called intrusive thoughts. You're going to want to sign up for big money players. That's the network of our um, podcast in the iHeart thing. Big money players is Will Ferrell's podcast network. Uh, They have a new thing called the diamond players. Is that correct? Noah? Yep. If you want to become a diamond player, you pay a e- little extra a month. Um, it's through Apple Podcasts. So you have to listen to your podcast through the Apple um, Podcast app. And then you go to our show, you search our show, and then um, there will be a button for you to subscribe to become a diamond player, which means you will get all of our episodes every week, twice a week, with no ads, which is the best. We can all agree. And then you also oh, get yeah. a free bonus episode every month. So for a little extra dough a month, check and that get, out. We would love for you to become a diamond member. And you get what? 
And you also get all the other shows on the network ad free. Oh, that's right. Don't Lots even forget about Las Culturistas, which is uh, an amazingly award-winning podcast. There's also um, uh, Eric Andre's new podcast called I Bombed about like two comedians talking about all the times they bombed on stage. Oh, wow. There's uh, uh, Poog, which is a uh, hilarious wellness podcast hosted by Kate Berlant <laughs> and Jacqueline Novak. That's like... Uh, it's goop backwards, P-O-O-G. Um, <laughs> there's tons of hilarious podcasts in that network. So if you're ever looking for a new comedy podcast, go straight to Big Money Players because they uh, um, they endorse us. And so they have good taste and you can just search in there and you'll find great podcasts. So become a diamond player. Go to our podcast in the Apple Podcast app, which is where I listen to all my podcasts and subscribe there on our show page. Just search our show and become a diamond player. Get free, um, no no ad podcasts and a special bonus episode every well, month. Well, can we describe what the bonus episode is? Yeah, it's going to be called Intrusive Thoughts and it's going to be us sharing things that um, we are, that we're kind of ashamed that we think, right? <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, more or less. Or things that, you know, we, we're afraid to say on the main uh, yeah. podcast because they're a little bit like, I don't know if I should be thinking this. This this thought just popped yeah, into my head. Yeah, you want a paywall behind this it. Is a, yeah, we need a paywall behind it. That that's or that's the way I'm going to treat it too. When we do when we do that yeah. podcast, I I'm going to tell stories that I would never tell on the main feed because they're a little too spicy, or I don't want certain people to hear them, and I know certain people won't pay for this, yes. so I know who it will like not keep out. So if you want to be a true <laughs> insider of the Nikki Glaser podcast, go subscribe today. We'll be right back with more show. Are you looking for some amazing TV to stream? Well, sink into your couch and indulge with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. We're talking some of the greatest comedies of all time. Absolute must-watch shows. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the crew in How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons of How I Met Your Mother are now streaming on Hulu right now. One of my favorite shows ever. And I mean, don't you want to know how he met their mother? Then go back home with the Dumfies, the Pritchetts, and the Pritchett Tuckers in Modern Family. Then you can start over with the Roses on Schitt's Creek. And then see what's up in the Kyle household in My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. I mean, can you even watch all of this? We think so. Head on over to Hulu and start streaming today. Now we're talking. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. She's breathing right now? Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. 
Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back. Um... So um, I had a couple, can, what? can you can you save me a, com- a conversation or two and just tell because I know that Allie listens to this Allie's mom listens to this can uh, can you just tell explain that you had a good time at the wedding so that when they're <laughs> listening to this they're not going I mean you did have a good time you you enjoyed the wedding no Is this I true? I loved the wedding. I want to be very clear that despite what was going on in my brain, I had an amazing time at the wedding. First of all, the food was the greatest wedding food I've ever had in my life. I got double plates because there was vegan plates made especially for me. And then I had the waitress go get me more. I had so many Brussels sprouts. I... The music was amazing. The dancing was amazing. The company was amazing. The place, the table settings were amazing. There was these... Every... um, They love national parks, Allie and Brian. And so all the place sittings at the tables had these like coasters that had national parks on them. And ours said St. Louis uh, Gateway Arch because it's a national park. And that was our table. And we were sitting with Adam Conover and his uh, wife, girlfriend, Lisa. Partner. Partner, Lisa. Yeah, Lisa Hannah Walt. Hannah Walt, who um, is the animator for uh, many things, including uh, BoJack Horseman. And, um, and she created Tuca and Birdie. And Tuka and Birdie, starring Ali Wong, who yeah. is able to, you know, yes. juggle it all. And then, um, <laughs> and and it was like, I really did put my emotion, like, I was not hijacked that whole night by my thought process. It was, there was times where I went to the bathroom and had a little bit of a moment where I would like, kind of just process what I had, what had happened. But when I stepped back in that room, you couldn't help but forget your worries and just have a great time singing and dancing along to music and celebrating Brian and Ali, which was... There was, I truly, it, when I think back on your wedding, I'm not thinking about how I was thinking about the end of my relationship. And that's why I hadn't even told it on the podcast yet, because it's not the first thing I think about when I think about your wedding at all. It was amazing. Yeah. Uh, well, it totally matched well, my Anya's great. wedding two weeks later. I had the best wedding experience <laughs> well, this summer ever. Great weddings. With, and by the way, great I, food at Anya's wedding yeah. too. I, can I just tell you what I discovered at Anya's wedding that I didn't know <laughs> yes. was delicious? Grilled Wait, romaine. Oh, I Whoa. didn't get to that. Ooh. Fuck. What was me? it? Are you fucking kidding me? What was I in it? I would never think putting olive oil and some salt and probably garlic 
on damn, romaine lettuce and and then roasting it or whatever the fuck they did, grilling it. It was so, you would think like, well, that's not going to be good. It looked like like soggy lettuce. No offense. That's what it looked like. It was, I went back, oh, I ate probably so half good. the dish. It was so fucking good. <laughs> um, that's awesome. It was so Everything good. Everything was, was vegan. I didn't know. I thought they were going to do like some vegan stuff, but I found out later. No, the every, skewers were amazing. crab cakes? Oh yeah, I didn't know the those weren't crab. Those were not crab. What? But, yeah, I, remember, I didn't eat them. That was vegan. Uh, yeah, that was vegan. It was like palm hearts. I don't know how they get crab oh, cakes palm so hearts good is now. So good. Speaking like the, oh. I have this this calamari that I get at Crossroads in Los Angeles, which is a vegan place, and they f- do palm <gasps> of, yes. hearts of palm fried. We had that. You together. had that with me, Anya. Weren't they so yes. fucking good? My mouth is watering right now. <laughs> me too. Tartar <laughs> sauce. And they got so good. Mm. Um, and that place so, on tour that was like vegan, all vegan sushi. What is it called? Planta. Oh my god! They oh yeah. made us crab I mean, cakes on the road. So good. Um, it was. I am, can I ask you guys a question? What you guys think? I am getting a food truck for a giant number of people um, this Friday. I think. And um, let's just assume most mm. of these people aren't vegan. I am buying it though. And I'm not trying to force my ways on anyone else. Like I don't want to force people to be vegan if they don't like it, but I'm going to get a food truck. If I were to do a vegan food truck, it would be one that like makes stuff that like everyone agrees is fucking dope. Do you think that's too like, ugh, this girl, like I'm do- giving a gift, but I'm like, no. I want you to have it the way I want it. Or sh- should I just get no. like meat and cheese, normal food? Because I don't care that people like that I stuff. I didn't even like, know the crab cakes were not real. This is an so exact dilemma I had. Real. And then I just concluded, you know what? Like I'm not vegan, but a few of my good friends are. The person marrying us is. And then Matt was like, But you had vegan options you thought. You thought the crab cakes were not real. Uh, yeah, like the cakes. So you thought vegan. that you had, had options for people cake. that weren't vegan, and you did have. But I was still like, should we have chicken? Yeah. And Matt's like, babe, people can do without meat for one meal of their lives, which is a hundred percent true. That's what I'm saying, but I just don't want anyone to go. God, ugh, we have to eat this vegan shit. Food. But you know what? If they think that it's they're LA, lame. half people the people are vegan always, anyway, and people yeah. love free food. I'm telling you, is there as not a some worker, truck that can do both? Like, can't something do vegan? I don't options? want to. D- I'm kind of like, you know what? Yeah, I think you that people that don't like vegan death. food are cur. And <laughs> I would get a place that actually is doing it right, that isn't making it like vegan, like gross yes. vegany. You know what I mean? Like, I know the difference. Uh-huh. I like it all. Truck, but I, I think know that's the difference. Vegan. Yeah, really I asked good. a girl that's helping me to look into it, and but I was kind of so that you just confirmed what I already thought I was going to do, which is the right thing. And um and maybe someone will go. Oh, do, you know what? I can't even tell the difference. And uh, like I saw when I <laughs> yeah, did beat Bobby so Flay, <laughs> my proudest moment was so when Lawrence. a guy made a vegan cheese. <laughs> yeah, on beat Bobby Flay, a guy made. I was vegan, so the whole episode had to be vegan, and everyone seemed to be very like, Whoa, I guess. <laughs> and one of the judges was like this, like New York, like I like pepperoni, and I'm like a pizza New York guy. And yeah, they were making yeah. Philly cheesesteaks vegan, which is like a very hard thing to make vegan. In fact, the most disgusting vegan thing I've ever had was a Philly cheesesteak <laughs> in Philly that was vegan. It was, I've never oh, had really? anything disgusting vegan and it m- makes my stomach churn thinking about it. Because my friend, <laughs> uh, this guy that I was like kind of interested in dating, he, I, I ordered from a vegan place and he was trying to be like, 
he liked me. So he was like, I'll get something vegan too. I don't even eat vegan, but I'll do it. So he ordered the vegan cheesesteak. And I was like, ew, I wouldn't get that. That seems gross, but okay. And he was like, no, I think I'd be good. I'm vegan. I can do, I can swing with this. And then he got it and offered me a bite. And I was like, that is disgusting. And he, and I lost respect for him because he was kind of pretending to like it. And I was like, ew, he's just doing that for me. And it is gross. So anyway, they made these amazing, um, amazing vegan, um, Philly cheesesteaks. Cause they're amazing chefs, Bobby. And then the, uh, the other chef he was going against, and then the the cool New Yorker, like, I don't know about this. Da, ba, 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 ba. <laughs> he was Asian, by the way. I'm not even joking you. He was, but he was still kind of like a little bit New York, like cool. Oh, and, yeah. Um, I mean, he was like Italian Asian. I don't know how to describe it. But I've he got just, plenty of friends like that who are Italian Asian. Yes. Are you? This is another sound, moment of you being fake. <laughs> they're no, no, up no, in no, the alley. I, <laughs> no. I grew up in New York and I have friends who talk is like donut they coming out are. Your from Brooklyn (laughs) and they're Asian. I mean, it's not, that's not unusual. Okay. So wait, was it Michael Voltaggio? No, it was one of the judges. So Michael Voltaggio was the other celebrity, like person that was hosting it with me. And then it was one of the judges. He was Asian, but he bit into this Philly cheesesteak and he was like, Oh God, this is as good as anything I've ever had. And he was so, I knew he was, he was coming into it being like, what's this going to be? And it was so awesome to see him go, this is as good as any meat product I've ever had. It was so nice. Yeah. And by the way, what there's a the new... Hey, guess of? what? I don't know. If you want to watch uh, the Glazer episode of Beat Bobby Flay, the next one will be September 21st at 6.30 p.m. 5.30 Central Network? Time. Sweet. On the Food Network. It's a really but good episode. two more airings that... Oh, wow. And if you guys also want to watch F-Boy Island, um, I should do a plug for that. It is coming out on the CW October 12th. Um, I'm very excited. Uh, Yes, Thursday, October 12th. Is that the former season? No, this is season season three, new season. Just shot recently. Um, Very, very exciting. Um, So much drama. So much comedy. The funniest season by far. The Can you tease any ins- boys? Or do we know any of the boys? I can't tease any of the boys. You may Some or may not know people. Instagram. If you've watched, okay. F- if you've never watched F Boy before, it doesn't matter. You can jump in the season. You don't need any prior knowledge. Okay, so that's the good news. And the other good news is it's on the CW. So this isn't. You don't have to download a streamer. This is going to go straight to what's that guy? Oh, that's Pierce. Pierce. Yeah, so F Boy Island on Instagram, you can go there and you can see um, they put up some of the guys' profiles. And Pierce, we made fun of a lot that he looks like me. Um, we <laughs> have the same style, and he does he does resemble me, and that is flattering to me because he is a gorgeous man. And without makeup, I definitely look like Pierce. Maybe with makeup, I look more like Pierce. He's gorgeous, and um, so you'll see some guys on the F Boy Island Instagram. You can follow it there and follow along. But it is a insane season, and it's really going to feel like the Bachelor Bachelorette in the past in terms of like you have to mm. wait a week to get the next episode. So it's going to build momentum. It's going to build suspense, uh. and you can watch it. And so can your parents, because you know your parents don't know how to work their fucking tubies or whatever. So just just as on na- normal cable. So look up CW, whatever number it is on your dial, and watch it live on Thursdays starting October 12th on the CW. Set your DVRs now. It really mean a lot to me. Let me just say that the way ratings are right now, you guys, if 20 of you DVR this right now and watch it, <laughs> the, never in the history of television... In the, you know, 60, 70 years it's been around, 80 years, I don't know how long. 
your your little view of something really didn't matter because shows used to get like six million viewers because there were three networks, right? And then we go to the '90s, and it was still like a big. Everyone was watching stream, like you know, cable and TV. So you're you were just one of millions, and you didn't really matter if you skipped out something. Your rating didn't help. I'm not kidding you. Sixty of you watching the show could make me get another season of this. It actually your your vote matters. More than ever. I'm not telling you. I'm not saying people with Nielsen boxes watch it. I'm just saying anyone watch it. I just want... I I know that that would make me feel special if I was a viewer. Like, Because I know in the past when people have been like, watch my thing. I'm like, does it really fucking matter? This actually does because no one watches anything anymore. And so everything you is have too TV, saturated. Watch it. Yes, but if, if you, you don't have TV, what if you only have streamers? Then CW.com. And you can go, you can download the okay. CW app and stream it every week. Perfect. For sure. Or get I'm an trying antenna. to find out if the CW is on Hulu. Because yeah. it should be. I think it's on it Hulu one Live. It might okay. Be, okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So currently, F Boy Island is on Hulu, but you can Great. only watch season two. So I don't think you can watch CW Live on Hulu. At but least that's it'll probably not be the next day. Hulu. So Hulu, the you next p- day, you could yeah, probably watch F Boy Three. Yes, and make a yes. difference. We will. It's so fun. It's so funny. Um, there are things this season that I just couldn't believe they let me say and do, and I'm just so fucking excited about it. So please check that out. I wanted to talk about the other night. I was on a show. I don't want to name names because I don't want people to figure out who I'm talking about. But I do want you to probably guess. <laughs> I want people to like okay. try to figure it out, but I want to make it so it's like leaves reasonable doubt because I don't want to give any specifics. But I was on a show with some heavy hitters, right? Um, it's a pretty good show. And then the person that went on after me um, ran the light quite a bit. Now, I'm talking to a comedian here. Brian's here. Um, uh, Anya, you're very familiar with how times work and how shows run. You're a performer yourself. What do you think is acceptable um, to run the light? You know, if you think you're pretty hot shit, what do you think is acceptable um, amount what of time does to run that the light? Mean? Um, yeah, running the, the light, light means, okay. So if you're doing a 15 minute set, which these are 15 minute sets, and there's five people on the show, let's say, or six, if you're doing a 15 minute set, um, you can usually get the light. The person asks you, the light guy goes, "When do you want the light?" I always say two minutes. That means a two minute light, meaning I have two minutes before it's 15 minutes, so I get a light at 13 minutes. This person definitely got asked, "When do you want the light?" Definitely saw the light because he's not a fucking idiot and he's performed at this place before. God, I gave him a gender. I was going to keep it gender neutral. (laughs) Or maybe I changed the gender. You don't know. I work in very mysterious ways. Um, So this person definitely knew where the light was coming from, is not a um, stranger to this room. I know it is. (laughs) And ran the light. And I just want to ask you guys what you think. And by the way, I've run the light before. I'm not immune to it because sometimes you get the light and you're like, fuck, either you're, you end, you close at like, you know, 10 seconds to go and you're right on schedule, but your joke sucks. So you go, let me just fit in one more joke. And sometimes that joke is two minutes long because you, you just have to scramble and pick one. You go, fuck, I picked a two minute long joke. So sometimes you're in the light, two minutes, three minutes, four minutes. I start looking at my watch at three. I start getting angry at four. What do you think is a, is a time where you go, who the fuck do you think you are time? Because that's the time this person reached and I'm pissed about it. And am I going to confront four? this person? Yeah, f- fucking no, I won't. No, at four is when I start looking <laughs> and I start um, getting ready think, to text the sound guy. 
I think at at five minutes, it's worthy of being like, you're making a mistake. But if the person does 10 to 15 minutes over the light, which is double the set, then that's fuck you. Who the fuck do you think you are? Double the set. Okay. So at 15, at 30 minutes, you think that's who the fuck do you think you are? Yeah, like I would if he, if they went five minutes over, I'd be like, bro. But I wouldn't be like, fuck you. So five mm-hmm. minutes over, like that's pretty rude. But I'm not gonna say fuck you to your face. But if they doubled their set fifteen minutes, which means pro- which which what that means is there is going to be a lesser known comedian who will not get to go up because how about you doubled this, Brian? Set. There isn't going yeah. to be a lesser known comedian that gets to go up less time. There's going to be better known comedians who are ahead of you on the show who you need to be a little reverential to, if you ask me, and yeah. not act like such a fucking big shot just because you're making more money than us right now. Ooh, like, yeah. who is it? Oh my God. <laughs> it's easy to figure out. But this person ran the light 11 minutes. And do you want to know why I know exactly 11 minutes? Because I texted the sound guy to say, I wrote to the sound guy because the person that was going on after him, I was next to, and I go, this is un- this is unacceptable. And he's like, yeah, he, we started making fun of this guy being like, he goes, I think he thought the light was begin your set. Like he thought he, he goes, oh, he got a 15 minute light or whatever. He's, he's making fun yeah. of him. So he's like, but then he starts getting annoyed because it's like, it's just this person wanted to go home. The person I was, uh, and, the comic that was and going after people gave him a follow up light, like one of those, like, come on, the, the light's crazy just light. on. You flick it on and it's just on. Oh, it's okay, a back of the room. It. It's a red light and it's just on. So this person went 11 minutes over. And I texted the sound guy. The funniest part is I texted the sound guy and I go, I want to, I want to read the text exchange because it's really funny because he doesn't really know me you, that well, this sound guy. And he didn't and know. we if, know that they're missing the light. It's like sometimes the light goes on and you don't see it and you're like, oh my God, how long have I been up here for? And then you're like, I'm so sorry. That doesn't last 11 extra minutes though. The infuriating thing is I bet no women do this. <laughs> I bet it's final thought. all male comedians. Women do do this. There's women who do this. But I will say I have never, I haven't minutes? seen this much. The only time I've seen this happen is one time I was working with the Sklars in Canada, the Sklar brothers and John Dore, who is a fucking dream of a person. John Dore, D-O-R-E, one of the funniest people ever. His Conan with Rory Scovel is one of the best YouTube clips I ever show people. They do a, a duet on Conan that is like, Conan says, we accidentally booked two comedians tonight our booking that we fucked up and they're just going to perform together. And so they go out and do their sets at the same time. You can't understand either of them, but they have it choreographed perfectly. It's one of the funniest things ever. So anyway, John Dore went 25 minutes over and the scholars and I were like, what is going on? This is a 30 minute set and he's doing 45. And (laughs) at the end of it, John really was like, I'm so sorry, guys. I don't even know what I was thinking. Like you could tell he was shocked by it. Listen, I have gone over egregiously before and egregiously, I mean five, six minutes, but it's because I'm last on the show or I know that the show sure. is a late show, so it can run late. So I know that oh, the person well, ahead yeah. of me can go late too. So this person, so I wrote to the sound guy, hey, do you have an, uh, oh, I go, I go, please let me know how long he's been on just for my own curiosity. He goes 20 so far. I thumbsed up it. I said, I want him to keep going. This is unreal. And he goes, seriously. <laughs> Cause I was like, sometimes when I, when they start running the light, I want I want them to go like I and wanted him to double his time. Set? Now you want to see the world? Burn. Yes. So this is twenty, right? So now he's five over, which is to me, this is I've I told you at four minutes I start going. I want to text the sound guy. Five minutes, I'm texting the sound guy, and I go, 
I want him to keep going. This is unreal. He goes, seriously. I said, and because he came to a point where he could finish. You know, there was the end of the joke and he puts his leg up on the stool and he starts going at it oh, again. I go, and oh he's not done. Sociopath. And then the guy, the sound guy wrote back killing. And I go, oh my God, the sound guy thinks I'm saying this is unreal. Like I want him to keep going. Like I love this bit. And I go, oh my God, I'm saying all this because I'm annoyed. Unreal as in how do comics run the light like this? Especially in front of blank, the person who is, he's, you know, going in front of who is someone yes. who deserves a lot of respect in this business. Um, and then mm-hmm. we start, we kept talking shit. And um, that's the sound guy who um, I will s- not say the name of, but um, uh, yeah. Um, I, should I confront this person? Because I feel like talking, sh- I, I think I want to say no. something. This person would not look at me afterwards. We didn't talk to each other in the green room. Um, so this person and I did not talk to each other after the show. Um, they were a drop in. Uh, I just think he, I think he kind of gets, maybe he gets the vibe. I don't care for him very much. Um, uh-huh. and do you know who it is, Brian? Yeah, you told me. Oh, okay. But I, I don't think, I don't think you should confront this person. I think that, um, it's pointless. It's like, it's the deed is done. It was just a show. And in the grand scheme of things, that show means less than nothing to anybody. So maybe does, he'll keep running the what light I'm in the talking future. about. No, he's going to keep doing it. And what I want to know is why did you do that? Why did you need yeah, to work on that bit that was him? perfectly worked out? That's what I kind of mm-hmm. want to ask him is why did you do that? Because did the answer is I think Mickey? I'm better than you. No, I was, I mm-hmm. went before him. Oh, I, I see. So I, I, it wasn't, it didn't affect me. Uh, this was not me did being like, did the person like, afterwards I, I w- give a shit? Yeah. I mean, everyone, uh, everyone couldn't believe it. And the person afterwards even did wrote to me later on and I go, light? no, that he ran the light. That people were annoyed. No, but I'm sorry. He's been in the business long enough. You know the rule of the light. You don't do 11 mm-hmm. minutes, which is what percentage of 15 minutes is 11 minutes? Uh, an 80% of your set. You don't do an, uh, you don't do a 180. <laughs> you do 100% of your set. Yeah. He gave it 180%. I'll tell you that. When people say, mm-hmm. I gave this 200, 110%. <laughs> he gave it 180%. This guy, it just, you know, I just, you know what I want to do? I just want to say why. Why did you think that I would was okay? Love if you did. Maybe he was thinking that I I'm crushing. I this audience is loving me and here it for benefits me. the show for me to be up here longer because this okay, is what the good people answer. want to see. I would take that answer and I would say, "You know what? If you if they were there for you, I could see how this would go. But how about you do the courtesy that Bill Burr did to me when he bumped me and bumped, I'm saying that's usually is a negative connotation. He just got up before me and wasn't on the list. And he went over to me, which he did not need to do because he's Bill fucking Burr and he can do whatever he wants in my mind. But he went over, he found me and he said, do you mind if I go in front of you? And he asked, unlike one other comedian that used to bump me all the time and never fucking ask who thinks he's a hot shot because he was this guy back in the day. Now he's kind of fallen from grace. Uh But you know what? This guy would, this guy probably would have done this back in the day, even when he wasn't a a big deal. But I don't, um, I don't care for it. I don't care how big you are. I don't care how much you think the audience is there for you. Have a little respect for the show, the run of show, for the wait staff who has to like deal with these patrons for longer and reset the room in an urgent way. And oh, um, yeah. and also don't don't give. You know what I think he would say probably. 
that bit just took that long. And that's what me and my friend were laughing about was like, we know what it's like to get in. You, you pick a bit to finish up with and you go, oh shit, this is a seven minute bit, but I only have two minutes. You make edits because you're a professional yeah. and you know your own material and you know how to make cuts. If you don't know how to do that, go back to the open mics, bitch. You don't, you're not good enough. <laughs> if you have to stick to your seven minute bet exactly the way it is with your fucking dumb 30 second pauses that no one needs. So we all are waiting <laughs> oh, on bated breath, breath, all of this like performative shit. I'm pissed. Um, and it's really, I should I mean, let I've it go. literally, I've ended sets by saying, well, I can't finish the bit. I'm out of time. Uh, I guess you're going to have to see me some other time. Goodbye. And I would leave that way. That's happened before. That's yeah. cool. Like, especially if you're opening up for somebody like I like, oh, my God, I realize that I'm a couple of minutes over. There's no way I can finish this bit. And you're not here to see me. I'm out. You or know, at I'm least if you get no carried away shit. and you're like, God, I'm having so much fun out here and the crowd oh, well, is loving it. And then, well, if you go over and everyone goes over. Own it. Get off stage and be like, sorry, I went way over. I'm not going to do that Apologize again. Apologize to everyone. Yeah, this guy for 11 minutes. Yeah. But the key he factor knew. is that this was the early show. And so that's not just being rude to the comedians. It's being rude to the staff because yeah, they have a very exactly. short amount of time to turn around the room for the next show. And to extend that show by even 10 minutes makes their job nearly impossible. Which just stick to what your time is. Yep. You're only getting paid 300 bucks for the spot. Like do your time. Don't act like it's like, well, I need to do the time that, uh, you know, I get paid for Like we're all getting paid the same. Um, but I will say that Mark Marin over the weekend, I went to the economy store and he was in front of me and I was late for my next set. So I had to be on stage. And if I get on stage exactly when I'm supposed to, I'm already late for my next set, but I already have it arranged that it's going to be okay with the next set. So Mark Marin's on stage. He starts running the light a little bit in, a, in an okay way. Two minutes over. I'm, st I'm still like, what? It's fine. He's, as long as he's like finishing up the bit that started before the light began. I'm fine. And it's Mark right. Maron, by the way. Mark Maron can do whatever he wants. He's a goat, right? And he kind of looks like a goat sometimes. So he <laughs> um, he finishes a bit and then it wasn't what he wanted it to be and I could tell. And I'm in the back of the room and I'm like, like kind of looking like, Mark, please finish. I got to make my set. And I'm texting with my next set being like, and I'm telling the girl in the, in the booth, I'm texting the next set saying, I'm going to be late. But I'm also telling the girl who's running the light at this place, I can't do 15 minutes. I have to do eight minutes. I'm, I'm going to make miss my next set. So I'm cutting my time as Mark goes on. So then Mark goes, he knows I'm next because he's bringing me up. And he goes, Nikki, can I do one more bit? I'm sorry. You don't care if I do one more bit. And the woman next oh, to me God. has seen me panicking up until this point. And the woman next to me is my old roommate's mother, who is a little brazen and might have had a couple of cocktails. So I go, it's fine. She goes, no. <laughs> and she like shouts for me. <laughs> she goes, but it's not Aww. okay. And I go, and I go, Mark, it's fine. It's fine. And I go, God, and I lean back in my chair kind of like, oh, fuck, not at Mark, but because I gave him permission, he asked, but more at the situation. And then Mark's friend is next to me, Tom Sharpling, a guy who's been on our podcast before, but Tom Sharpling came in with Mark and I forgot Tom was sitting there. And then Tom saw me get exasperated and I knew he was going to tell Mark. So I go over to Tom and I go, will you please not tell Mark that I'm upset that he's running the light <laughs> because I did give him permission. I'm just in my own head. And so I will say that I do allow people to run the light when they ask or they acknowledge it. I don't care. But when you think you're hot shit, um, and I hope I never get to a place in my career where I think I'm such hot shit that I can treat other people worse and, and like I'm better than them because to this person, you're not better than us.
You aren't. And the only thing that makes you feel good is to do stuff like this because you do feel so, so small. And you you probably should go to therapy is my advice. <laughs> um, and that's the podcast for this uh, today. <laughs> for this today. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Baby decisions, uh, rants, relationship uh, worries, wedding appreciation. Um, <laughs> we will see you tomorrow on the show. Don't be ca- and oh and just go see me on tour Chicago September 15th Peoria Illinois September 16th bunch of other dates at NikkiGlazer.com More Than a Movie is back with season 2 I'm your host Alex Fumero and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies from The Godfather Andy Garcia He has the smarts of Vito the temper of Sonny the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael to the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.